Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Bing bong, ba ba bing bing bong. It's suggestible time. It certainly is. And maybe the time that you're listening to suggestible is not the same time that we're recording suggestible. Well, suggestible time is whenever. <laughs> Claire, let me finish. Suggestible time oh, is no. whenever you want to make it. And wow. it could be never. You could just be like, that's not that's not the time for me, actually. <laughs> I'm not interested. That's fine. Oh, maybe someone will sit down with a hot cup of bovril. Maybe they will. <laughs> Some Ovaltine mm, in the little mug. Mixed together. I would love to know how people listen to this show, actually. Listeners, we always think you're wonderful. Well, I do. James doesn't. He's indifferent. I but I think you're wonderful. And I would love to know. Where you are when you listen to this show. We had some really, we had someone listening in a submarine, someone listening yeah. while she was on her farm. Is anyone in Antarctica? Yeah, that would be cool. And just, that, even if you're just in a regular room, I'm no, fine with that. We don't need it. I don't even know that. It has to be interesting. <laughs> All right. It has to be a, a lot of people listen in their car. So, broom, broom, careful while you're driving there. Careful while you're driving. Right. Don't be yeah. looking at. Other things. But when they're listening, what are they even listening for, Claire? What is this show even about? Oh, my sparkling wish and personality and your dumb opinions. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But what do we do here is my point. Oh, okay. So we're married. We recommend you things to watch, read, and listen to. My name is Claire Shonti, the sparkling wish. James is here also, Hello. the dumb wit. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. He's very smart and clever. Nah. Has a much more successful podcast slash YouTube channel than it's me. It's true. But I'm just more present, James. I, like, don't have time for all this online content I don't business. care. I'm, I'm, I'm more popular on Twitter. I'm a woman of the world. I just want to. I just want to be making. Twitter making is tweets. a strange, horrible universe. Where everyone yells at each other. I don't like that land. Nah, I never horrible. got. Every time I go in there, I think I don't like it here, and I leave. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I'm on there, but I I very rarely post anything for that exact reason. Let's get on with the show. Let's do it. So we recommend you things. Usually we go two each. Sometimes we only have one if I ramble or you ramble for too long. Yeah, and that's fine. But that's fine. So would you like to go first? I actually, I'm interested to hear your opinion on mittens oh, too. God, I knew you were going to ask yeah. me about this. All right. For starters, I had noticed many of the youths dressed up in suits. Oh, you know about the minions youth No, I didn't meme. at the time. I was very confused. I was like, Wait, what do is you this, mean, the Blues Brothers? Do you mean at the screening you at went At the to? screening. Oh, I wow. I thought you meant you just saw it online. No. I was at the screening <laughs> with my son. I didn't even know minions was even a thing that anyone even cared about because, it, to be honest, it's just a giant fever dream. And I hated every minute of it. And I went with my son and I know how much he loves going to see these films. So I feel like my whole life is full of me going to see things that I hate because I love him and it's the only way I can talk to him about anything. Otherwise he never wants to talk to me. So I like sneakily was on my phone for like the whole time. I was trying really hard to be present. You didn't even bring it. You didn't bring your full attention to minions. God, I could. I actually physically couldn't. It was making me feel (laughs) ill. It was just like being on a horrible roller coaster the whole time with like weird little men, yellow little men yelling at me constantly in like weird funny voices. And then like spontaneously bursting into flames and kind of hating each other. 
Like they all seem to hate each other. They're constantly just like hitting each other with things. At one point my son was like, yes, that man got hit in the penis. I'm like, how do you even know that? You couldn't see a penis? It is just awful. <laughs> they didn't have a full I hate it. And then that it's stupid just... young version of that guy from Despicable grew, Me. Yeah. And I like him in Despicable Me, but like how long can that gag run for? Two minutes? So annoying. <laughs> it's just so annoying, the whole thing. I hated every minute of it. I just hated it. And I hated the like weird gang of superheroes that were like from the seventies or something. And I, then, I, I haven't seen and in it. the first couple of seconds, the old villain who is a villain but you're supposed to like, like but steals an ancient thing, and then they all kick him out of their ship, and he falls to his death apparently, cool. even though he doesn't actually die. But I still find it very <laughs> violent, and yeah. it fucking annoys me. But it's me. like the way that like Bugs Bunny is violent, right? No. I Well, I hate that shit as well. <laughs> okay. Why is it entertainment to just hit each other around the head with things? It's like I had to sit and watch the Bumblebee movie because I love my son and he doesn't talk to me unless we're watching a you film. You should stress uh, that that you, you literally just finished watching the Bumblebee movie yes, before recording. Yes, it's why we're recording this stupid podcast <laughs> at 10pm at night because I promised him for like two weeks that we would do a, a movie night together. So I had to watch Bumblebee for the second time, which, by the way, is actually quite a good film. Good movie. But I've already seen it and most of it is like banging and clashing. And But my son, and may I also add your favourite bit, seemed to be you were like, ooh, what excellent fight scenes. Yes, I agree. I hate fight scenes. Nah. It does, they're so boring. Fight scenes are rad. Why? Because it's interesting if the, if you like the Why? character. If you like the characters, they're no, interesting but, as well. but you know they don't die. So? So why is it interesting why do if you, you like why the do you, character? Why do you like a Pride and Prejudice when you know at the end of the... I haven't the, liked a Pride... I haven't watched a good Pride and Prejudice film. And also it's what? one story of Pride and Prejudice and there are many other Jane Austen novels because they're complex and they're about emotional relationships and you learn something about women and the world and children and independence and independent thought and it's nuanced and there's lots of layers to it. Whereas this is just like two giant metal robots bashing into each other. The I don't understand Bumblebee it. is nuanced and his little uh, view screen looks like uh, looks like a hexagonal kind of uh, beehive I, yeah, kind no, of structure. But I, I, look, I like his as a character but I don't understand why if you like the character you like to see them crashing into each other. Because that's what they do, Claire. But they why crash is that into interesting? each other. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't understand it. Have you ever watched like a good action movie, right? What's an yeah. action movie that you like? I don't know. Give me an Speed. Speed, okay. But I like that because I like the chemistry between Sandra Bullock and exactly. Keanu Reeves, but I don't like the action bits. And I you, just like the bits where they're being funny on the bus. And you want them to survive, right? There's the tension of you wanting them to survive and make the big bus jump. Yeah, but that's you want nothing them to, to do defeat with, Dennis Hopper. Yeah, but that's nothing to do with the like they don't bash into each other. So what do you want Speed to be? They sit on the bus and they're like, "Hey, what's up?" Nothing. No, but see, this is the thing: like Speed or an action movie like that. There's like twists and turns of the bus, like careering into different things, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's sort of you know, ooh, it's scary or whatever. But two kind of giant metal robots or any kind of stupid yellow minion characters, I fucking hate. I don't understand. I do not understand how you can make a second movie well, it's out the fifth of that. Movie, technically. Oh, God. And now they're all wearing suits. Jesus, no wonder the world is going to hell like in a, a handbasket. Like, like a record-shattering opening weekend. It was like the biggest that ever for that the weekend. the worst fucking thing I've ever heard. This is why the world is going to the dogs. This is why. This is why. This is this is why. Because it's it's and who's writing this fucking minions thing? Men. All right. I'm just gonna say it. 
You probably white man, am I right? Well, actually, I know one of the writers. Like we follow each other on Twitter. Oh, good, good for him. <laughs> but him, right? Yeah, I like and him. And they like millions of dollars are getting spent making this nonsense when yeah. the world is going to hell in a handbasket, and no one seems to fucking care. And people will listen. This is just me now being angry, so you can take this out, Collins. But people will listen to hours and hours of fucking Joe fucking Rogan talking bullshit or about, you know, discussing superheroes and listening to comedy podcasts about men wanking off to each other about how great they are. But then no one will actually look at what's happening to our planet and talk about it in a real and meaningful way. And then no one will fight for women's rights and then look what's happening for gun legislation in the US. Like the whole world is burning up and people are wearing suits. And when I say people, I say mostly men, young men, putting more enthusiasm into that than into going to but like going to watch tiny men fight each other than actually care about what's happening to women on the planet. And I, that just I th- makes me so I angry. think it's just escapism. That's all I think this is. I don't, I, I, I don't know. But also, that's a luxury, that. right? It's a luxury to be able to have escapism. Yeah. It's a luxury. It's a but privilege. that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. What you should just sit in a room and stare at a grey wall. No, maybe you should bad. get up and do something about the state of the planet and the state of but the world. But don't you think, though, that people also might feel, like, helpless and, like, where do you start in these situations? And, all the, you know, it's complicated. It's not as easy as just, like, just get out there and do it. It's just people enjoying things. It's just people being like. Want, yeah, well, <laughs> I don't enjoy them. No, I, I don't. don't. I can tell. <laughs> Really mad. I'm mad. I'm so angry about everything currently but at the moment. Are you are you angry at minions and bumblebee? Or I'm angry, angry that I've had to things? sit for hours of my life and watch tiny little men fight each other, written by other little tiny men. <laughs> it's just so annoying. And I just am so frustrated from living in a world that primarily is written for and created for men. I'm so frustrated by that. Everywhere I turn and everywhere I look, someone is digging another giant hole and filling it with concrete and calling it progress. And it is driving me insane. I don't disagree with that. Everywhere we look, it's like bigger is better. And let's just keep building more shit and digging up more roads and destroying our beautiful country that we live in over and over and over again to dick swing around and look how powerful we are. And it's only going to end up in us all imploding. And I'm so fucking sick of it. I'm so sick of these dumb men faces doing their fucking thing and ruining everything. And I have to live in a world where they're doing that to to us and to the planet and to my kids and to themselves, which is also the most infuriating thing, that at the end of the day, it's actually really terrible for them. Yeah, but they'll 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 be fine or dead. So it doesn't matter. Probably dead. I know, but it's like that horrible, you know, artwork where you see all these men in and it's not all men, I should say that. And they're like, for example, you, a really good man and so yeah. many really good men. But it, it, it does appear that so often the power structure means that men are running things when they bloody shouldn't be and they're fucking everything over. And it's so awful. Like I know we're just celebrating NADOC week here in Australia, which is the week where we celebrate our First Nations people. It's kind mm. of like Black Christmas is what um, someone I follow on social media has described it as. And cool. it should not be just a week that we're talking about our First Nations people in Australia, but the the history is just unbelievably horrendous and the kind of erasure of the history for First Nations people has is just it's devastating. It's absolutely devastating. And our education yeah, system is so yeah. lacking, right? There was genocide mm. and slavery all across our country. 
and a, like a systematic breaking down of a very, very strong, the oldest continuous living culture in the world, mm. 60,000 plus years of, you know, so many different nations and language groups yeah. and very complex, old, ancient, beautiful beliefs about the way that we work together with our earth and just eroded. And then we spent years kind of being gaslighted that that kind of stuff doesn't matter or is hippie or wishy-washy. And, mm. in fact, that is everything. And so I just everywhere I turn at the moment, it's so beautiful. There's so much black excellence being celebrated in our country currently, which is so wonderful and we have so much further to go in listening to the stories of our First Nations people. And I've actually got a recommendation that's one of my first ones mm. for that, particularly for kids. And I don't know why I've got here from Minions, but I think it's just <laughs> that. It's so inane and and I know I, I agree with you. Escapism is is wonderful and life is really tough for a lot of people and I know that escapism and and storytelling and all of those things and the arts are what kind of can get people through and it shouldn't all just be us all watching the history of genocide, you know. Obviously that's not good for anyone's mental health. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Just that I wish things were different and that for the majority of things, men didn't run everything. Okay. Because I really feel like it's led us to a really sad and difficult place. For example, a lot of First Nations cultures are matriarchal. Mm. And I'm not saying that if women were running everything that it would necessarily be perfect, but mm, I feel I, like well, maybe it could be better. Something for something to be said for a balance, you know, in all of things, more, Correct. more than just the Correct. same voices, the same Correct. kind of people building things, making decisions. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And on that, actually, I did want to talk about what's happening in the US at the moment with women's rights. So, before you do that, though, minions, like two out of five. <laughs> what are we? Where, where did you land? Oh look, it was all right. In the in the no, end. I hated it. It was I would give it zero out of five. I, I could I just could I just do a quick thing before you, we get sure. into this. Uh, so Brian Lynch, who, who wrote the I've first really millions. ranched on that for like thirteen minutes. That's absolutely fine. That's what this show is. Just literally anything. <laughs> so he said. Uh, so he's also he, he wrote Secret Life of Pets and Puss in Boots movie and a bunch of other stuff. He said one time. Uh, I, this is one of my favorite tweets. I've read this out before, but. One time a lady on my block asked me what I did and I said I wrote movies and she said anything I've seen and I said a movie called Minions and she said I don't know what that is, I don't have kids and I said ah but you knew it was for kids and we haven't talked since. (laughs) (laughs) Was that you? Was that woman to you, Claire? Probably. (laughs) No. Anyway, sorry. Stupid. Uh, Let's, well, but can you explain it to me just very quickly sure. this whole minions obsession and these guys dressing up in suits? Yeah, it's like a it's a joke. So it's, it's like, ah, oh, the g- gentlemen, we're going out to watch minions. This is a big. Uh, this is an event. This is cinema. This is this is culture. Oh, so it's I going, see. So it's kind of iron- ironic. Yeah, it's been happening like the world over. I didn't realize it, it infiltrated our local yes, cinema. Yes, I because I only noticed it because I was ordering a drink or something after it, like getting a coffee, and I look around. I'm just surrounded by a sea of young people. The youth in one hundred percent. If I was sixteen, I would have done that. One hundred percent. Now like- it would just look weird. <laughs> Who's this old James. man in a suit? Be you. Yeah. Do whatever you want, What mate. are you just, is he on his way to a funeral? What's happening here? <laughs> Anyways, sorry, you had something to say. Oh, look, I think I'll wait till the end. Okay. I um, I thought I might just talk about um, my first recommendation, if that's all right. That's, oh, so it wasn't Minions, just to clarify. <laughs> no. As a kid's movie, <laughs> as those little 
No, I actually hated it. I hated it as a kid's movie. One of the many reasons I hated it was because it's so vapid and there's nothing really to learn from it. I think there are incredible kids' movies that have some battles and are very funny, but I feel like this wasn't clever. It was lowest common denominator. Not everything has to be like No, I know. Like Mr. Bean. You're like Mr. Bean, right? Yeah, but I didn't find it like Mr. Bean. I just found it inane. Honestly, I felt the story uh, was really lacking and there was just nothing in it that I found no. What about Rowan Atkinson's new series on Netflix, Man vs. B? Haven't watched it. Can I talk about my recommendation Please. Oh, no, no, please continue. God. I'm so angry now. I feel like I just need to finish there. I'm so angry. I'm just angry. I'm so angry. And I don't know if any other women are as angry as me currently or anyone, human beings, are as angry as me currently, but I feel like there is a lot of rage to be had. And I feel like for a long time I've tried not to be so rageful mm-hmm. and have been, you know, send out positive vibes and be blah. No. I think it's all we'll have. Yeah, flexibility. I'm with it's, you. It's either minions or having some of some women in the world's fundamental rights being stripped. Yeah. That look, it's there's two, it's two possibilities there. I agree. Let me recommend my first thing, which is a beautiful children's book. Oh, I love books. I know. So this is to celebrate NADOC. The book is called Somebody's Land. And it's an accessible picture book for young children that introduces Australian First Nations history and the term terra nullius to a general audience. Mm -hmm. From Australian of the Year community leader and anti-racism advocate Adam Goods, he's also um, a football player as well, was a a football player, outstanding one. It's also written by political advisor and former journalist Ellie Lang with artwork by Barkinji illustrator Mm -hmm. David Hardy. So the basic premise of the story is that for thousands and thousands of years, Aboriginal people lived in the land we call Australia. The land is where people built their homes, played in the sun and sat together to tell stories. And each page has a beautiful illustration of what life was like before white settlement. And it's a beautiful conversation starter for children too because they're such happy drawings, but they also have kind of really complex things about what many First Nations cultures were doing at the time. Right. Um, which is really beautiful. And the next part of the story goes on. When the white people came, they called the land Terra Nullius. They said it was nobody's land, but it was somebody's land. And so each page is different and the illustrations are different, but a lot of the words are very similar and that's intentional. I read it to a group of school kids and it was so beautiful because by the end what kids love to do is repeat and join in with you. And so yeah. by the end you have a whole group of children saying they said it was nobody's land but it was somebody's land. And it's really sunk very deeply into our son's psyche as well. I think I've tried to talk to him about First Nations history before but it's such a deep conversation and quite complex. Yeah. But this book really enabled us to have a really lovely discussion in simple language without going into some of the themes that are going to be obviously very confronting as he grows. And I know that it's sort of sunk in because you know how sometimes kids don't say anything to you in the moment, mm. but then they'll say it to someone else. And a couple of other parents came to me to say um, he'd been talking about it with them oh, cool, or hearing yeah. his friends talk about it. So yeah. it's a beautiful invitation, this story, to connect with First Nations culture and to acknowledge the hurt of the past, but also join together to be one community with a precious shared history as old as time. So I've, I've just loved it so much and it's also won lots of awards now yeah, too. Right. So it's been, I reckon it's one of the best children's books on this particular topic that I've 
spread. And what I also find really interesting if you're someone that's looking to start collecting some books in this kind of area, it's really important to look for books that are written by First Nations authors or collaborators because then you're really getting an authentic voice coming through. And I think that's the thing that's been lacking a lot in our country is a real ability to consult and to listen. And there's a lot of been a lot of cultural appropriation mm. of First Nations culture. So very important to make sure that what you're reading and listening to has got Indigenous collaborators on there. And I would assume that this would be this very same across a lot of different First Nations peoples, not just in Australia. So anyway, that's my first recommendation. Terrific. Yeah, that's, I actually haven't read that yet. I really should read it. Mm, yeah. It's really beautiful. Mm, no. yeah, yeah, you should read it with him. Yeah, actually. no, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I could do both. You could. I could practice by myself, <laughs> make sure I get all the words. Correct. In the right order. And Correct. Then I will, uh, and then I'll read it for real. Yeah. Excellent. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Claire, I watched a movie. No, was it called Minions? I wish. I'm so embarrassed by my – I got so rageful. I'm less raging now. Claire, it's okay. I can't remember what I said. I blacked out <laughs> for a bit. <laughs> anyway, continue. What movie have you watched? Uh, well, it's, oh, Minions is a great movie, don't get me wrong. But uh, one of my favourite things to do is go on Facebook and look at Minion memes where it's just like it's 1 o'clock. I just look bloody – Facebook people, they love they love a Minions meme. Did you know that? Oh, this is God. another reason why Minions is so popular because Don't boomers need a reason love to Minions. Enjoy one. I just need a glass. Minion, they love I Minions. I hate meme. that. But why? Why is the Minion even on that meme? Minions don't drink wine. Boomers love Minions. They're all over Facebook. Like. What? I don't know. Why? I don't know. I don't know anything. Look at me. Look at my stupid face. Do I look like I know anything? You have a stupid face. I'm sorry I called you dumb like just earlier before. I feel real bad. No, I'm, no. I'm just full of self-loathing now. All you did was say that every man on earth is stupid and ruining everything. <laughs> and I think that's fine. I don't think every man on earth. I just seem, it seems like in overwhelming numbers, the people that are ruining the earth are men. Yes, I know. Not that all men are terrible. No, I know. That, and I think people also like know that. There might be people that be like, hey, that's me. I'm a man. But it's like it's not – if you're listening to this, it's probably not you in <laughs> No, particular. you're all – because our listeners yeah. are excellent and lovely. So I don't – I feel terrible. I don't think that, by the way. That's Claire. <laughs> uh, just to clarify. <laughs> well, you would – no. No, I'm saying I don't think they're oh, lovely. I that's see. your right. – that's your okay. well, No, well, they are, I could tell. I could tell they're real good people. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But so, yes, it's not a hashtag not all men. It's just that disproportionately it seems that men are the ones – Mess things up. Yes. So if you're a dude, I am. Try and get more good blokes out there to be good blokes. I'll do it. Actually, there's a really beautiful guy that I follow called the Good Bloke Co. I follow him, I think, on Instagram. Yeah. Does he do those retreats? He does these beautiful father and son and mother and son retreats. But he also just has really great little videos. I share them all the time on my Instagram. Yeah. I just think he's really having a good conversation 
with young men in a way that's relatable and important because we agree. because there is something obviously to be said about the way we talk to our young men yeah particularly and because you know a behavior like this doesn't just sort of fall off trees or whatever it, it comes doesn't. from somewhere that's right anyway anyway i, I watched a movie here we oh go, yes here we go case. it's called watcher it's directed oh. by chloe o- okuno mm. and it stars uh maker munro and carl glussman did you ever see uh maker uh, Micah, M-A-I-K-A. Anyway, she's in uh, It Follows. Did you ever see It Follows? Certainly didn't. It's a very good horror movie. Anyways, this movie, I'm going to read the synopsis. Here we go. Here he After goes. a woman uh, moves with her husband uh, to Bucharest, Romania, uh, isolated by the language barrier, she begins to suspect that a man watching her from, uh, from the apartment building across the street might be a serial killer who has been beheading women throughout the city. Claire. That's what it's about. Oh, that yeah. sounds terrifying. It is terrifying. So, you know, she arrives at the apartment, right, and straight away I'm like, what's wrong with this movie, right? I loved it, by the way. I thought it was terrific because she's in the cab and the guy's, like, talking Romanian, the cab driver, and her husband's talking Romanian. She's like, well, I don't understand. And I'm like, I don't understand either. I don't speak Romanian. Anyway, it's not subtitled. So all the Romanian stuff that happens like kind of puts you in her shoes because you're also isolated from the goings-on of this city. You know, you're at a dinner party and people start, you know, talking another language and whatever and you're like, I don't know what's happening. Are they talking about me? What's happening? What's going on? So that adds to the sense of, you know, like isolation. isolation. Every time she moves around the city she's always kind of getting into confrontations or just little situations where she, you know, doesn't kind of doesn't fully grasp what is actually going on and she's, she's at home and her husband's at work in some new high-flying job or whatever. But... One of the first things she notices is as soon as she gets home, the uh, as soon as she arrives, there's a there's a window across the street and there's a guy just standing in the window of like an apartment building, just looks at. It seems as if he's just looking directly oh, into her window. Right? May I just mention it's a dude. It's a dude. Yes, I mean directed by a woman, but it is a dude. So maybe mm. it's saying something. Who's mm. to say? Who's I'm to just say? in it for the for the beheadings. But <laughs> uh, so. And and so it's from there, you know, it is that thing of like, is she paranoid? Is this is this person real? If it, if if this person is a real person, are they actually the person that she thinks this person, person is, is? Right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a whole lot of people around her either not believing her or thinking that you know she's you know she's taken things a bit too far and maybe she's got an active imagination and she's just lonely and and all of these things. And I'm not going to spoil kind of how it all, how it all you know. Wraps itself up, but very compelling, very like really, really interesting ending. I just thought it was fantastic. It's really kind of it's really low key and like low budget, but it it was one of the best kind of horror sus- suspense movies I've seen in seen in a while. It's 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 really terrific. I would highly recommend it if you love a spooky time. Is it a gory spooky time? There's a little bit of gore in it, but it's not like. Watching somebody get stabbed and all their guts fall out, and they're like, "Bah!" It's not like that, if okay. that makes sense. Yeah, it's more kind of psychological, and you catch you know glimpses of things, and and even th- it's more kind of it's, and it's like unsettling. It's, it's unsettling and upsetting, and you know, it's one of those things you have weird dreams after. It's like that kind of oh, that's the one you had weird dreams, had weird dreams after. after right. it. Yeah, but uh, but I I. I I can't help but watch like stuff like this, and you know. How does it compare to like something like The Invisible Man? Yeah, I would say it's it's in it's it's more kind of niche and more kind of um. I mean, The Invisible Man is pretty low budget for for what it is, I guess, but it's way more kind of pared down than something like that. But also, it's you know, 
it's a it's a beautiful city that you know you 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 see a lot of and like another culture and so much of it is familiar because there's a lot of it you know because it's a city in Europe and you know there's share certain traits with other cities in the world but it still feels very alien at the same time it does a really good job of doing that and at one point I was like maybe I'll download like some subtitles or try and do something like like get a version of this where I can read, read the, the actual saying. subtitles but and I might end up doing that down the line but I. I'd say, if, at least for the first viewing, don't do that. I mean, if you speak Romanian, it won't matter to you regardless. Yeah. But. but isn't that an interesting premise anyway? Yeah. I just it's a clever trick to just get people to think about what it's like to be in a country where you don't speak the language. Yeah. You know, and the barriers that that puts up and Absolutely. how that would make you feel. Mm. I think that's that in itself is a good reason to watch it. Yeah. I will not be watching it because I cannot cope with I'll anything tell you spooky. How it ends. The world is spooky enough. I'll tell you how it ends after the show, Claire. All right, that's cool. Uh, I really have put like me and roller coasters, we've broken up. Yep. Me and horror movies, we were on a break. It's fine. I do want to get back to them because I feel like I should be able to handle them, but just currently in my current state of mind. You seem fine. <laughs> I just chill. I act I as I mentioned previously on other shows, I am actually trying to look after my nervous system. I'm doing lots of things to calm myself yeah, down. That's good. So watching, and I've stopped watching my BBC murder shows where women get murdered. Yeah, because I realised it's pretty insane to spend all day working hard and busy parenting, and then finally get to the end of the day and be like, I know what I want to see: a woman murdered. A woman getting murdered. That would be sick. <laughs> I would love that. I uh, actually I saw Thor: Love and Thunder this week. Oh Claire. yes. Uh, I'm going to talk about it on the Weekly Planet, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Oh. Um, which not a lot of people are not a lot of people, but there are people who don't seem to enjoy it. But I I thought it was really good. There's a line in it where Thor's like, "Yeah, I tried meditation. It just made me angrier." And I'm like, <laughs> "Exactly. I feel like that's <laughs> yeah." Me and Chris Hemsworth were the same. <laughs> Might be the type of meditation. Yeah, and if you like Russell Crowe, he's he plays Zeus. He's back, yeah, but he's just he's just doing it like this. He's like oh. he's really it's really <laughs> kind of like I can't believe he's doing this. <laughs> like it, I think Mason described him as like an Australian Greek fish and chip shop owner. Like that is how he's doing it. It's crazy. I'm watching it. I'm like. This is insane. I cannot is it believe kind they of did fun, this. Though? Yeah, it's great. It's too, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, he's great, Russell Crowe. I know yeah. he's had some issues, but you know, he's yeah. cool. All right. And he's just so like he's just embraced being like an old dude. You know what I mean? An old yeah, guy. Yeah, he was like beer. incredibly. Like handsome. he's got his armor on, but it's really like protruding at the front. He's just got like a big gray Santa Claus beard. And it's just he's just he's just like, I'm this guy now. It's great. A bit wacky and yeah. out there. I love that. All right. I'm gonna have to watch that. I do really enjoy the Thor movies. Yeah, it's a good For one. For many reasons. I well, you see a fully <laughs> naked Thor. Wow. Yeah, you see his butt. Ooh, I was hoping he's for it. He's so big. It's crazy how big he is. <laughs> As insane. in muscular. Yeah, he's an, and he's also like 6'4". He's enormous. Huge yeah, person. He's massive. Yeah, it's so funny. It's like I met a real footballer in real life. Those dudes are giants. Yeah, it's, even the small ones are like giants. Yeah. Even his head is like a boulder. <laughs> it's just like it's not even – I wasn't looking at him in a way like four. It was more just like – you're a giant human. Yeah, yeah. Like I just don't understand how you walk around in the world. Like do you have to have different cups at and your house? It's also like it's something about. In case about, you crush them. Like you see like a tall person, but there's a difference between being like a tall person and a really tall and strong person. You know what I mean? Yes, there's a, there's yes, a yes. Big I difference. went to a gig the other night and I, there was a guy who was, I would say, over seven foot. Yeah. So tall. Mm. So tall that he was like almost a whole other person taller than everyone in the gig. 
It was so tall that my friend and I looked at like really exchanged a real serious look. Yeah. We were like, wow. That guy's so and I tall. I wonder what it must be like to be that tall because he really was like BFG yeah. vibe. And I felt like that might actually be really hard. Oh, it would suck, I'd imagine. It would be really hard. I, I mean, we mentioned a thing in a video recently about how if you're tall, people are just always like, hey, you're tall. Like just telling you yeah. how tall you and are. and he was quite long and lanky. Yeah. So it's not like a footballer kind of tall. This yeah. is just like a big string bean. Like person. a freak is what you're saying. No. Oh, I'm just God, joking. I didn't mean it like that. I just meant I like what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel terrible a normally, now for the tall. A normally skinny man. Is yeah, just like He's a regular-looking yeah. person but just it, like a yeah. whole other person I've got a lot of comments that are like, oh, being tall is so annoying because people are just like, hey, there's the weather up there, man, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, there That's must why be you got to be five foot nine. There must be some perks though. Yeah, like he, you can see, like this gig, honestly, he did not need to be anywhere near the front. He could see completely clearly. Yeah. I, I wonder if you would have to let people know in a theatre if you're that tall. What, let the crowd know behind you? Yeah, or just let the venue know that you're that tall. I don't think you have to, do you? No, I guess not. Or the, or the, the police come and arrest you. <laughs> I just mean you're like maybe they could leave minions. a seat behind you. Yeah. <laughs> Take honestly, off your minion suit. if you sat behind that guy, you would not have seen a single thing. Well, that's why the best cinemas are designed for no matter how tall the hair or hat or whatever's going on. The hair or hat. Um, that you'll be. You'll be right as rain. Yeah. Mm. All right. Okay, cool. But that's like, see, old theatres aren't. I just think always. about the chairs you'd have to sit in as well. Just yeah. normal ducking under like doorways. You're at the supermarket, you see all the dust on top of the shelves. No good. Yeah. And you die early because tall well, this people. This is don't. what you're telling yourself. No, it's true. That's terrible. You ever seen a seven foot tall, a hundred year old <laughs> man? No, they're all dead. Your grandpa need, was very tall. Yeah, for like a dude who was like 94, he was like 6'2, six, 6'3. Six, he was tall. Tall for that era. But like people like that, they need two hearts. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're a tall person and listening to this, we love you. We respect no, like you. This. We're okay. really sorry. We love you. That's us shouting up to you. <laughs> no. We love you up there. How's the weather? <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, no. They're coming after me and I'm, they're using big, long strides. I can't escape. One of their strides is worth three of my strides. <laughs> That is 100% true. James is a lot shorter than you think he is. I'll just go into this <laughs> rabbit burrow. Ah, I'm safe. What a rabbit burrow. <laughs> I'm small. They're tiny, those rabbit burrows. I'm like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, You're not fitting into a rabbit burrow. I'll fit into a rabbit burrow. <laughs> you would not fit. You couldn't even fit your little foot into a rabbit burrow and you have little feet. <laughs> God, he's lost his mind. Thank All right, you. Anyway, my turn. you want it, you want it, we're delaying this. So let we me are. Okay, it. no, I've got one more recommendation I want to talk about. Cool, Because man. it was fun and I'm, to, I'm trying to just watch things for fun. Fun, remember that? I don't know. Nah. It's confusing to me. Fun is sometimes confusing. Anyway, what I uh, watched when I was trying to look after my nervous system is a documentary of Dolly Parton on oh, Netflix yeah. called Here I Am. Um, it's from 2019, Before the World went to even more of a bin fire it than it shit, currently was. Even more shit. Correct. And I loved it. 
as I do all the things I watch about Dolly, and every time I watch something about her, I become more and more in awe of what a genius musician she mm. is and an all-round incredible human person. And it's just a beautifully put-together doco as well of her life. And I think there's so much kind of really interesting early footage of her too. And they kind of explore her songwriting as well, which is just so wonderful. And they look at, they have some really interesting background stories from 9 to 5 that she starred in with Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. Um, And Jane Fonda is interviewed quite a lot in the show because she's obviously just in awe of Dolly and thinks she's incredible. Though interestingly, even though they've done slumber parties together, and Jane Fonda has slept at her house before and been cooked dinner by her husband, mm. she has never seen her without her wig and makeup. Ah. So I just find that so interesting. She's clearly got, as Jane Fonda said, she's an, a real professional. Like yeah. she just has very clear boundaries up. And it's almost like she, she's two people. She's the Dolly Parton she's created in her head yeah. that she's then allowed the world to see and she gives everything in that character and he's incredibly talented and beautiful and kind of has this huge broad church of her fans from, you know, left-wing feminists to really right-wing conservatives. Everyone is kind of included. Everyone loves Dolly Parton. Everyone loves her. But there's clearly another person there, which is interesting, that no one gets to see. And no one ever sees her husband either, which is really interesting too. There are videos of this Guy, I assume. Oh, yeah, like, like there's photos and is. people know who he is, but he's never, he never goes to any events with her. He's never at her concerts. She never brings him on stage. He never comes to any interviews. She never talks about him much at all, which I find really, I kind of love that. Like she has a really strong sense of her private life yeah, and right. what she will and won't share. So even though she shared so much of her story growing up and where she grew up, it's always really positive as well and funny. She could be a stand-up comedian, honestly. Oh, yeah, she's hilarious. She's hilarious and, and just so incredibly gifted. And in her songwriting, she's written over 3,000 songs. I just found a picture of Dolly Parton uh, in regular clothes and she, you, you would never know like, really? at all. I haven't seen it, never seen that. I don't know if this will spoil the... Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Are you sure that's her? Apparently. Wow. Yeah, because it's a wig as well, which is a thing you Yeah, it's me. a wig, yeah. So, you know, you see her from very early on. She's chosen that look and she's chosen this it. This might also be her. I can't. I don't know. I don't even know if it yeah. would be her. But, yeah, she's she's definitely chosen. It affords chosen. you some a- anonymity as well, right? It, yeah, it's super clever. I think it's super clever and it, it delineates sort of her stage presence. Yeah, definitely. And I, Yeah, and also I think the other interesting thing, Lily Tomlin, who is just bloody hilarious, and if you haven't seen 9 to 5, you absolutely might I haven't watch. seen 9 to 5. It is so good. Can we watch it together? I, I really to. want to watch it with our son when he's old enough. Yeah, no, so I would love funny. to watch it. I've just, I've just never seen it and I, I've, yeah. Uh, and it so holds up and the themes depressingly that are present in it are just as relevant today. Mm. And what's also really interesting about that is it's produced by Jane Fonda and it came one like, it was like the second we highest grossing like movie. Huge, it was like a huge Yeah, year. it was yeah. the second gr- highest grossing movie of that year that it came out and to be produced by women, starring women, just about sexual harassment essentially is what it's about and equal pay. It's just mind-blowing. Yeah, So amazing. And Lily Tomlin just is so funny and just talks a lot about how great Dolly Parton was to work with but how mysterious she is as well at the same time which I think is really cool. And just she'd never performed before as an actor. She'd only... She'd only ever been known as a country singer and then crossed over into pop music. 
And this was her first role and it was just a runaway success. And Jane Fonda talks about how she was driving home from a Lily Tomlin comedy gig, which is where she saw Lily perform for the first time and said, I have to have her in my movie. Mm. And she's driving home and Dolly Parton comes on the radio and she suddenly was just like, oh, I can see her behind a secretary desk. This has to happen. Yeah, And that's kind of how it started and then Dolly wrote the theme song to, from 9 to 5 which is more than a theme song it's an anthem and she wrote it in her trailer between takes of the movie and she said she wouldn't star in the film unless she could also write the song for it which was so clever and when she came out she sung it first to Lily and Jane and they said as soon as they heard it it was they just knew instantly even if the movie was a flop the song would be it yeah. runaway hit. They were just like, this is unbelievable. And then what Dolly did, she said on purpose, because she can write a song in like three, three minutes mm. and it can be perfect. She spread writing the song out over the rest of the filming of the, of the movie so that the whole cast and crew could feel a part of the show and part of the song. That's really cool. And became like an anthem for the cast and crew. Mm. And then she cut it down, obviously, from she had lots and lots and lots of verses and cut all the verses down. But at the end, when she goes to record the song, she gets all the cast and crew back and they all sing together on the, the recording. And also the back the the sound that kind of sounds like typewriters is actually her acrylic nails. Mm. I'm sure everyone knows that. I've talked about this before. But she's amazing. And it's such a cool doco. And I just I love listening to stories about women who I think have been underrated and kind of caricatured. Oh, I guess she was she was in control of that image and she under, she sort of says that she was she thinks people think she was a joke but actually the joke was always on her audience which I kind of <laughs> yeah. love. That's saying, great. Hmm. I love this idea of like this dual personas. Um just quickly can I I want to do do you know about uh Chung Ling Su? No. Okay, so this was a guy uh, in the in the uh, late in the mid to, in the mid 1900s that he died in 1918 who was an American magician whose name was um was it William Ellsworth Robinson who took on the persona of a Chinese man named Chung Ling Su uh, to perform like like he was from the Orient like he's a mist like he was a mystic right, arts so guy surely right surely that is incredibly racist you're right but he was also in an era when nobody kind of, you know, had an understanding of what that might even look like, right? Yeah. So he basically lived his entire life in this fake persona. Like but he, would, he spoke very little English even though he could because he was American. Like he spoke, he went through a translator. Like the whole, like this is what he looked like. So, what? Yeah, he's just a dude, right? He's like, like, a, like, a, like a white dude. Oh, my gosh. With like a, yeah. Who's got a plat? And he's got a plat, and yeah, he's clearly not Chinese. Like if you saw that guy now, you'd be like, "That's clearly not a Chinese person." But he was in films. No, no, he was like a stage musician. This was before films. Oh. I guess on the tail end there would have been films, but he God, wasn't a film that star. Is but anyways, terrible. The only time he ever broke persona, we've talked about this on the I could think um, Weekly Planet on something on Big Sandwich. I can't remember what. The only time he ever broke persona, you'll love this. He he did the the famous his famous condemned to death by boxes illusion where a uh, an assistant fires a modified gun at him and the idea is that he, he does a he does a bullet catch right but it went horribly wrong and he accidentally got shot and it went into his lung so he fell to the ground and said oh my god something's happened lower the curtain and that's the first time he ever broke and what? then he died from that shot yeah, yeah. jeez. <laughs> Whoa, people lead the most extraordinary, right? ridiculous lives. Yeah. 
What year was that? Was that? 18. Oh, that was 1918. Wow. Yeah, this was him. Like, with, he was just a dude with a moustache. Oh just a goodness. white dude with a moustache. Should we? Uh, All right. Should we wrap up? Yeah, let's wrap up. Yes. All what right. I have a little thing that I just wanted to say because I've had a few letters actually from people asking me for my opinion about what's happening yeah. with Roe v. Wade. We recorded in the last States. week's early before we that did. happened, which is why we didn't talk about it last week because we were away last week. We were. Uh, so, yeah. Correct. Mm. So, first up, I just wanted to say if you are living in America at the moment, I feel for you and my heart and your heart too is with um, the women of America, particularly living in the states where your rights have been stripped. I wanted to read this out and it's sort of a really difficult topic for me to talk about for mm. lots of reasons, but I just wanted to read this bit out. Is that all right? I'll just read Absolutely. it out and see how it's down. Let's down. go. Okay. I guess this is just what I wanted to say. We cannot know or even be privy to all the myriad reasons why people with ovaries and women need access to medical care for abortion. I grew up in a very conservative Christian home and so completely understand the reasons why people decide to be pro-life and why they see it as the only choice to protect the dignity and sanctity of human life. But what I would say is that as I have grown, what I now understand is that it is not only humans who deserve respect and dignity, but all life equally. And that in experiencing pregnancy and miscarriage in my own life, I have learned so much about pain and the line that is fine between death and creating life. They are intertwined. And this most definitely includes a person's right to make decisions about their own body without government interference. In becoming pregnant, I've begun to profoundly understand the emotional, mental, financial, physical and spiritual implications of carrying a child and bringing them into the world. And I'm a privileged white woman with resources and access that is not available to so many others. To have to go through with a pregnancy in whatever circumstance is not fair or equitable and in many cases dangerous if it is not right for you in that moment. It is a deeply personal experience that should be held sacred between you and the medical professionals who are charged with your care. What worries me most is that access to safe legal abortion disproportionately affects minorities, people of colour, and also people who are at a socioeconomic disadvantage. This to me is about body sovereignty first and foremost. It strikes me that the level of care of the unborn is most certainly not translated into government care and protection once they are born into a system that protects the wealthy and most definitely protects men's rights over the rights of women, children and the queer community. Why else limit access to contraception and also access to education for women about the way their bodies work so they can confidently choose when and how they fall pregnant in a way that is nurturing and restorative rather than harmful. There is such a dearth of information about our hormones, fertility and cycles in general, and this feels deliberate. It allows for control and comes from a deep-seated fear of us and our bodies and a desire to control us. I am not against or for abortion. That, I think, is personal and misses the point. I am for body sovereignty and deep respect and love for women and people with ovaries who should be trusted and supported through medical and professional care to be informed and educated and make the right choice for themselves of their own volition. This has been really hard for me to speak about because people I love very much feel very differently. 
But I trust that while we can have different opinions to our people, we can also love them through that divide. And as I said, I just am sending so much love and empathy for women who are in situations um, right now across the US who are being affected by the rolling back of Roe v. Wade. And I'll get Collings to put some links in the show notes to organisations that can help. Mm. I know that was a lot. So I, I, also, I just, if I could add to this, Claire, because I've also written something. I but um, no, really well spoken. And I, I'm, I know how much you thought about this and how much you wanted to say. And I know this is difficult, you know, for a number of reasons. So I, I appreciate you saying something. I know a lot of people listening to this do also. But I, I think also for the people making these decisions and the people supporting a lot of this. And this isn't everybody. I just want to make clear. It's um. It's not so much. That's it, not even. A, it's not even about human life, really, at all. It's. It's a way. It seems to be a way to control. And if you really want, if you really value the sanctity of human life, you'd understand that people get abortions regardless. So this is going to happen. But uh, mm. but if it's but it's going to happen in situations where it is unsafe, where you know, for the for the people getting them, obviously, in much more difficult and dangerous situations. It's also, as you mentioned, it affects minorities much more because they don't have access to resources. People who People in these states who have wealth and status and power, they can still get abortions. They can still do, or not even, they can make the choice themselves mm. freely and not have to worry about any of that. Mm. It's, yeah, it's just, I, I don't get it. Like if you, if you value human life, like you said, then you need to, it's about edu- educating people about it's how about their body works. quality and free health, um, exactly. childcare and healthcare. Healthcare, and that, that doesn't, that extends after obviously a baby is born, you know, and right up through their schooling and, and to, until their adult life, really, you know, and that, no, those things don't seem to be supported in the same way that these mm. other these other things are. Mm. I just think it's it it, it blows my mind. It's and really I, yeah, and I understand really the perspective of like this is killing babies. Like I understand that perspective, I do, but I I don't think that's what this is though. I don't think you know that's. No. And I, I agree with you because I think what's interesting, the Washington Post has some really great reporting. So there's a lot of the New Yorker too on this. Um, but a couple of the statistics that I found really interesting were that the majority of abortions across the US, over 90%, are actually done by mothers, yeah. so women who already have children. Mm. And the majority are from socioeconomically disadvantaged backgrounds, which says a lot, right? Because if you don't have the um, finances to be able to support another child when you're already struggling to feed the children that you have, what is going to happen to that child once they're in the world? Yeah, Um, and what's going to happen to the other? And statistically we know that the um, prison system Mm. in America has a huge... uh, Population yeah. that's that, and it's kind of a business in and it of is. itself. It's a it's a prison industrial complex. That's correct. Essentially, yeah. What so it there's is. a lot of things going on there. But I, I also thought that whole not line that it's mostly teenage girls is just completely false. I can, it's not it's, true. Yeah. It's a very small. Proportion. The people that that I know are not who've had abortions. They're not teenagers. You know, they weren't teenagers. They they're adult people. You know, making these decisions for for reasons that are personal to them, which I won't. Which I won't get into. And I think that's the thing I've come to realise that it's not, as I said, it's not about being for or against abortion. Mm. This is about having safe access to healthcare Mm. that is personal between, you know, a doctor and their patient. And and this idea, there's a whole lot of information about like babies are getting aborted at eight and a half, eight and a half months, which is 
just not happening. There are very specific circumstances where parents are put in a difficult situation where the the, the mother is at risk and could die, and the or the baby is not viable, and and these are and that, and you're presented with a series of options. But it's not people, you know, just killing babies willy nilly. No, uh, you know, no. These these decisions are always incredibly complex. Yeah. for a myriad of different reasons, mm. and. It just can, it, it is going to set back so many women and families because the other part of it I've come to realise is if a woman is forced into having a pregnancy much earlier in a situation where she's not supported and ready, mm. that then prevents her from going on later in life to meeting someone or, you know, just becoming kind of safe in a situation where she feels she can support a family. Mm. And going on to then have a family where she feels that her children have resources and that she has the resources and the capacity to care for them in the way that yeah. she would like to. And everyone's story is different, obviously, mm. for lots of different reasons. So I just think it's it's scary. It's really scary to think that this could happen and that these rights could be taken away. And the idea that somebody like a child, um, you know, can can be forced to be pregnant mm. under, under horrific circumstances. And I'm sorry for people, you know, for, for getting into this. And then they are. Yeah, for rape to, and incest. Yeah, and they yeah. have to carry that child to term. Mm. I, that and is just, that's barbaric. I don't, I, I do not understand that at all. Mm. I know. And I know there's the idea that it's not the baby's fault or what, like I, I understand that, but it's a child. Like what do you, yeah. it's, it's a, I don't. I know. And and I think this is where it, it's it's really such a difficult topic because I think I can see the emotion in this topic, obviously, yeah. and and also some very deeply held beliefs about the sanctity of human life. But at the end of the day, I think that we need to trust women, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to make choices for themselves that are the correct ones for them and for their families. Um, and I think I particularly have changed my mind since becoming a mother myself mm. and carrying babies and mm. being pregnant and having a miscarriage too and understanding the toll that that takes on your body yeah. and just the depth of physical and emotional resilience that you need to have in and the process of becoming a mother. It's hugely, for me anyway and not for everyone, but in my life so incredibly rewarding and I'm so grateful to become a mother and it's mm. the best thing I've ever done. But it's also the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. And from a physical perspective, it you know, women die more from pregnancy and birth than they ever do from abortions. Yeah. And, you know, and that may change if women are forced into illegal abortions and into back alleys and, you know, all those sorts of things. But I... I just think that even in terms of women who experience ectopic pregnancies and cancer and risk of preeclampsia, yeah. there are a lot of reasons why you might need to have access to abortion that so are for health care yeah. that are not to do even with whether or not you have decided you want to go ahead with having a child. Yeah. There are there are a lot of women who desperately want to be mothers who yeah. have to access this kind and of health care. It's not a flippant decision. Also, there's this narrative that people are just using this as a form of birth control, which is just crazy because this is not something that people like, nobody wants to do this. You know, nobody wants to have to make a decision like this, you know, yeah. but sometimes these situations present themselves and you are, and you have to make a decision or in this case, you cannot make a decision. 
Yeah. Because that decision has been made by somebody else. Yeah, and it's it's devastating. So there are some really incredible organisations doing a lot of great work and fundraising. Particularly, I would point people to Together Rising, which mm-hmm. is run by Glennon Doyle and her right. sister. They are really targeted and on the ground and partnering with organisations who can really help. So I'll get Collings to link to them below and it's just it's time to get loud. And I think also to have compassion for people on the other side of the fence who have really deeply held beliefs about being pro-life and that they aren't the bad guys. And there isn't anything, I think, you know, I just don't think there's any point in this warring of each other, right, about this kind of stuff. Trying to understand where they are in their life and why they think the way they do is really important too. But trying to educate, I think. Yeah. You know, is also really important. Anyway, we've I've made sort enough of fin- people upset, Claire. I know, <laughs> no, I know. With your minions <laughs> shenanigans. <laughs> My minions rage. I'm more rage about the minions. I, I didn't than even mention else. this, but I think all those movies are quite fun and good. <laughs> I haven't seen the new one, but I think well, they're you're fun. You're deranged. No. <laughs> To be fair, I didn't watch all of it. I was on my phone. <laughs> exactly. <some> of it. <laughs> you didn't even so, wear a suit. I just couldn't. My brain was like, no, no, thank Should you. Should we just leave it here for today? Should we just cut it off here? I think so. All right. I um, think that's where we'll finish. I'm sending love to everybody out there and um, thank you for listening to my long spiel. Well, you know, you're angry. And my rage. There's a lot going on. <laughs> it's a long episode today. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks as always to Royal Collings for editing this week's episode. We have been Suggestible Podcast. I'm Claire Twenty. James Clement, he's here also. I'm here also. We're signing off. Goodbye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.